Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Um, Kate and I are super excited to be joined by Nicole Cloutier, who is a CCA student, a copywriter, and just all-around fantastic person. Um, we were just reminiscing before we started, uh, before we started the recording, basically, that Nicole, you and I talked. Years ago, when you and I first sat down and talked years ago, um, pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic. Uh, so yeah. yes, it did take our team, take me a while to get a podcast going. Cause I think at the time I was like, yeah, we're going to have a podcast. It'd be great. It'd be yeah. super easy to launch. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, but thank you so much for, for sitting down um, and, and catching up with me and letting the rest of the world <laughs> know what you've been up to since you got started. So lots happened. A lot has <laughs> yes. happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when did you, you and I chatted, we were saying in what, like February of 2020, was it? Yeah, that's when you and I talked last. I, I was looking back in my emails to see when I signed up for the CCA and it was um, the end of 2019, October. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 2019. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, how, how things been, <laughs> how's, how's life? How are things? <laughs> oh gosh. It's so different than it was in October, 2019. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, when we first talked, I was, so I was living by house sits. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I can't remember if we talked about that uh, at the time or not. I probably told Kate about it. Cause yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I was, so I didn't have a home. I was like just driving around and doing these long house sits across the country. So I was actually in Charleston um, when we talked then. And of course the house sitting industry ended. <laughs> so uh, yeah, everything's so different than it was um, back then. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've been copywriting. I've been doing lots of things actually. So mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that'll be, I think that's something I definitely want to dig into because I think sometimes people think, oh, if I'm going to take a course and I'm going to learn something, I have to go, it has to be 100% my new direction. And, and that's just not really the case. And so I'd be especially interested to hear what your kind of career evolution has, has been and not that it's done by any means either. Yeah. Take us through that. Cause I think you were starting to pitch. When did you start pitching? Yeah. So when I, so I won those, it, mm-hmm. it was the first pitch of Palooza, I think. Yeah. Was I think it was the first year? annual. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first one, which was awesome, by the way, I love pitch of Palooza was like the best part. Like I, it was, it's what really got the ball rolling. It was amazing. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, but then because of that, it was like, there was a contest of, I submitted my UST mm-hmm. and then I like won some raffle and I got one-on-one uh, coaching with Kate. So mm-hmm. that was like, amazing. So you walked me through, I happened to like the timing just lined up perfectly that I happened to have my first call with a potential client, like during Mm -hmm. that time. So you were able to help me like put together a proposal for them and like really walked me through it. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, that first client paid off the, the CCA. So, um, yeah. And more. So, um, so yeah, so it didn't have to be full time by any means for the course to be worthwhile. Um, but yeah, let me t- I'll walk you through it. So before the CCA, I actually a little bit of a different background maybe than some of your students, but I worked in advertising and marketing. Uh, so I worked at an agency, but I was an account manager. Mm. So I worked with copywriters and with designers, but I wasn't one. Um, and that just I was at this agency in New York for three years. Uh, And just, it really, really burnt me out. Like when you're an account manager, uh, you have to be on call like all the time. And I had clients in California and clients in Europe. So that meant like literally all the time. I was like the first one they would text when uh, a tweet didn't go live as it was supposed to, or, you know, like things, things happen and social media, Mm -hmm. especially is such a, uh, it feels there's something very urgent about it uh, and clients feel that urgency. So um, anyway, so I burnt out. Uh, I ended up like leaving New York traveling. Like I ended up living in Colombia and um, a few places in South America. Um, and then oh, I was just like trying to piece like a life together because I had just like literally blown up everything and walked away. Um, and so when I came back, I was like, okay, I have this skill set. I have these connections, right? But I don't want to be an account manager anymore. Um, and then I, I, it must have been advertisements that came through for um, CCA. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense maybe to go that way. And I had like some samples to do more copywriting, uh, just because like occasionally I'd had to pinch it as an account manager. Um, so that's how I got back into copywriting. Uh, but then, <laughs> so then I had a few clients and then the pandemic hit. Um, and the, the big client I had landed, which is the one Kate helped me with, they ended up like releasing all of their freelancers because they were very product focused and in stores and they were like worried about what was going to happen. So I lost my biggest client. um, And then I ended up not traveling so much because I couldn't, right? So pandemic meant all of these things, not traveling. My freelance, my biggest freelance client um, had let me go. And then, uh, so then I was in, in place in Connecticut and I ended up getting an adjunct teaching gig, which, because, you know, at the time, a lot of people didn't want to teach in person. And so it was like this, I ended up teaching at a college. I did have to go in person, um, even though the students didn't. So that was weird in its own way. 
Um, but super then, <laughs> yeah, super weird. So I was like teaching to kind of an empty classroom and a bunch of like students on Zoom who were just little blank boxes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was super strange, a weird time to start teaching. Um, but I really, really loved it. And I think Kate even checked in with me around that time. It was yeah, like, yeah. hey, how's copywriting? Just like sent me an email. I was like, oh, I'm not doing it. I don't know if I ever will because I love teaching so much. Yeah. Um, but then as like another result of the pandemic, uh, like a later result, right? The enrollments were down for colleges. So I went from having like a full course load to being like, oh, you only have one class this semester. So I was like, ah, like, <laughs> okay, I need more income than that. So I came back to copywriting, which was wonderful because like I had all these, all this stuff set up, you know, I still had connections. I still had samples. I was able to start pitching. I, I have these connections from my old agency life. Um, and I was able to make that ball start rolling very quickly again. So um yeah, weird. I feel like I jumped all over the place there, but it was a weird trajectory. I couldn't have predicted I'd be here and I'm grateful that I am. Everything is. So now I have like one class and I copyright like 20, 30 hours a week. Um, and it's, it's a perfect balance for me. I'm actually quite happy with like the workload I have. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. because it, I think that's just a perfect demonstration of how flexible it can be. It doesn't, yes. you know, you don't have to go, yes, I'm going to be a full-time freelance copywriter and this is how it's going to go, or I'm going to be Forever. on staff at an agency. Yes. And it has to be this way. Um, I think that's part of what makes it so much fun is that you can kind of, you can go, ah, yeah, well, I need some more cash. I'm going to dial up my, dial up my yes. clients, dial up my pitching, or no, I actually want to scale back because there's this other cool opportunity that I want to explore for a while. But I love mm -hmm. your point that once you have I mean, let's face it, at the beginning when you're learning and you're building your, your website, it can be a little bit like chaotic isn't the word, not at all it's the a word. Lot. There's a but lot. It's, there's a lot to do and there's like, well, I have to build this and I have to learn this. And But but to your point, once you get, once that's behind you and you've gotten to the point where you're pitching, you can really easily dial it down or dial it up. It's really just a matter of yeah. how much you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's, it's great knowing that I feel like I have like copywriting is this kind of security net for me right now of like, like, yeah, I've built enough of, of this kind of base that I can always turn that dial up or down. And, and I've always been someone who has uh, like lots of passions, lots of, like, I, I like doing very different things and within copywriting, you can do that. Right. Like I've, mm. I've learned, I, I don't really like social media so much. Um, and I prefer to do like, um, more environmental ads or landing pages, right? Um, but so within copywriting, there's that room for variety, but also I can turn down the dial if I want to pick up a class or I want to, uh, I also have an Etsy shop. So I like sell some art on Etsy, which is like a, a smaller side thing, but it, it, during the holidays that gets ramped up, more people are buying stuff from Etsy. And so my copywriting goes down a little bit. And yeah, it's, it's really, really nice for me to be able to turn those dials. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's a part of the way I like to live. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, and I love, and I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing, but you're doing really well with your 20 to 30 hours of copywriting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, it, most of it is through uh, the agency I used to work for. So I do have those connections mm -hmm. like ahead of time, but like for people that don't have that, 
Um, I think having a contract with an agency has been awesome for me. Um, I get to work on big clients, uh, like that they have their connections through. Um, and I have the networking potential, like there are a lot of freelancers. So I meet designers and then those designers get other projects and they like, Oh, I know this copywriter. Let me bring her in. Right. So being contract with the agency has, um, just been a really good place to build my portfolio and to start and to it's reliable. Um, I have had the opportunity to go on full time again. And I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, the contract's nice. It's uh, I, I know how much I'm going to make around, right? I make like in a range every month and it's reliable. Um, but if I go full time, I don't have those dials anymore that I was talking about that I really like. So it just becomes a different thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really great. I highly recommend it for the connections alone, right? The connections you make other freelancers agency is also pretty high turnover. So like, uh, if I have an account manager, I really like who leaves and goes in house somewhere else, which did happen, right? Like she can bring me with her to her new, um, her new job. And so, uh, yeah, agency is highly recommend there. There are things I don't like about it. Like I don't get to be as picky with what clients I have. Um, so I don't always love everyone. Um, but also that like changes, right? And by always love, I mean, it's just not always like my passion client. I'm not sure. like choosing who I who I pitch. Um, and also, uh, like I said, I've learned I don't like social media. And that's usually because it's really, it can be really fast, right? They can be like, this happened. We want to tweet about it in two hours. <laughs> and when you're a freelancer, that's a little uh, it's hard. It's hard. It, that's, uh, so I do do it. I'm on like the agency's like Slack channel and like, the, I'll do it if I'm there and I have time, but sometimes I have to be like, ah, oh, I can't, can't do that one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it, uh, Kate and I have both contracted too. And I think that you get throughout our careers. Um, and I think that contracting is something that a lot of people forget about or don't really consider. And for me, it was always kind of a nice, it was a best of both worlds because you had that flexibility. Like there's no, no golden handcuffs. You're not like, well, I don't want to quit because of this, but you had that flexibility, but you also have that networking aspect and you're meeting yes. other people. And, um, and back the last time I was contracting, you would go into an office for a certain number. And it was actually kind of Kind of, and I think people can understand this a little bit more now. Well, so many of us have been working from home. It was kind of nice to go into an office and interact yeah. with real live people. Um, and I think it's funny too that that they're like, "Oh, you want to come on staff?" I think every time I've contracted for a company. So if you're if you're if you're listening and you're interested in going on full time at a company, mm-hmm. consider contracting because I think every single time that I contracted for a company, they offered me a job there because they knew me, they knew the work I did. I was already fitting in. And most of the time I said, thank you, but no, because I liked that flexibility, but sometimes I did say yes. Yeah. I think contracting is a great, a great and often overlooked opportunity. They, I feel like that's part of their plan sometimes is like, let's try this person out and see if they're a good fit. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think something, something that listeners can take from that too, is like, pitch agencies. The turnover is so fast. They need freelancers. They need freelancers all the time. And they might not list on their job description. They might not, or their job like careers page, right. Where they have Mm -hmm. all the descriptions. They might not say they need a copywriter, but they probably do. Mm -hmm. They probably 
have someone leaving tomorrow and they don't know yet, you know, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's good to be on their list of people to call mm-hmm. um, the agency that I work at. Like they, yeah, they could use a few more copywriters. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah definitely look for agencies. Yeah. It's, I think sometimes people think, I know that people think, well, it's an agency. They must have access to plenty of copywriters. Why would they be interested? Or, ooh, they're they already, copywriting so good. Why yeah. would they need a copywriter? Mm-hmm. Are they already have copywriters on staff. And yeah, to mm-hmm. your point, people are coming in and out all the time. On top of the fact that agencies are landing new clients all the time. Mm-hmm. If they if yes. they land a new client, they have to ramp up mm-hmm. that they have to ramp up very fast. And it can take time to get people to find people. So if you're there and in their inbox as a solution, then, hey, you've got a really good shot. Yeah, absolutely. Or like they'll have a retainer client, but that client has a one-off project and mm-hmm. they need to bring a freelancer on for that. And it's just, you, you never know. It's it's really good. Like email the email the creative director, you know, send, send them an email, tell them that you're, you're available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And to your point, email the creative director. Don't go yes. through the website. No. Don't go through. Mm-hmm. Email the person who's actually going to make the decision. Email the creative director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I love what you said too earlier. I want to point it out again. The the account manager that left and can bring you with you. I can't yes. tell you how many times that's happened with old colleagues. There's one in mind. She's had three different, she's worked at three different companies since I met her and I've freelanced with her at each one. And some of them I've stayed on even after she left because they're like, oh, we have this freelancer now. And that happened. The more people you know, the more opportunities there are for those people out in the world to refer you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I work with a, a freelance designer now. So it's on the same client, right? And we just messaged each other separately the other day, um, which I recommend. Like, I used to be afraid to do this to like network to reach out, but I just sent him a message and was like, Hey, love working with you. Do you mind if I like recommend you? If I ever get a client that I also need a designer, do you mind if I bring you with me? And of course he's like, no, of course I don't mind that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love working with you too. Let me do the same. I'm like, Great. <laughs> you know? So yes. like reach out one-on-one. I love being on Slack for the reason you were talking about before, Nikki, about how it's nice to go into an office when you're contracting. Like I like being on their Slack, right? And just that's the virtual office and you can just reach out to anyone and mm-hmm. say, hey, want to get a virtual coffee and talk mm-hmm. about things? <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think people still have this idea of networking as like going to an event and handing out your business card and saying, hi, what do you do? And, you know, like a, a bad middle school dance or something like that. Like, oh, I hope people talk to me. Um, <laughs> but, but you're right. That's not at all. It's, that's not what it is anymore. It's mm-hmm. just meeting people through work, meeting people through whatever. And I loved your tactic of not like you didn't, you made it about him. You didn't make it about you. You made it, Hey, can we keep connecting? And can I, can I recommend you? And I mean, and like, yeah, of course he was like, yes, please do this. Oh, and by yes. the way, I'll do the same. Yes. I think that's such yeah. a great tactic and something that, that we, and, and it doesn't just have to be designers either. Right. It could be, mm-hmm. if you work with a great, cause, cause account managers freelance as well, developers mm-hmm. freelance. I mean, people freelance project people, managers, project, project managers, managers yeah. people yeah. in yeah. any industry, in any um, career, uh, freelance. So, and you never know where you'll find yourself in, in in a company and they're like, oh, sorry, things are going, sorry, things are crazy. We just lost our project manager. 
it just makes you a better partner to be able to say, oh my gosh, I actually know a really fantastic freelance uh, project manager. Let me get their info for you. And so you can use that same networking tactic of like, hey, I just wanted to connect. And if I see anything come through, are you available? Could I pass your name along? Like, oh, that's so good. I love that. Yes. Yeah. No, I love it too. And I love helping when it feels good to help when you can, you know, but then also, of course, there's the help me also. (laughs) If you get a cool client, bring me in. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, well, yes, exactly. If you get a client, then like, then if, if you have referred people or even just that you suggest referring, you're going to be the first person that they mention. you're going to be top of mind. You put out goodwill into the world. I feel like it comes back to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. So Etsy shop, which I'm sure you're, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we're recording this in November, so I'm sure you're really gearing up and <laughs> shipping stuff like crazy. Etsy shop, yeah. um, course that you're teaching, copywriting, what other kinds of things, like it's your career can be flexible, right? What other kinds of stuff do you want to add to the mix? Where, where do you want to go? What do you want to be Ooh. doing? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I I feel like really good with my mix. I feel like it took me a while. I used to, um, I don't know if you've heard of like VIP kid or OutSchool. Have you heard of these like online teaching platforms? Okay. Well, I used to like teach online through these platforms, which um, was okay, but it doesn't pay it super well. Like Mm -hmm. it's fine. It's like through a company, but that's how I was supporting myself. And I felt like I was like just working all the time. Like, um, so copywriting made it so I did not have to do that anymore <laughs> um which is wonderful but so I feel like it took me a while to to build this kind of um patchwork life mm-hmm. that I have right now and, and I feel pretty good about it I um the the one thing that I am trying to do is so because I work with an agency mostly right like that's mm-hmm. how I get most of my copywriting work I do get a little complacent with my pitching mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I don't want to have all my eggs in, in one basket mm-hmm. um I want to be able to have other things like in case like I, I am contract they could it's a month to month like every month I send them a new scope of work and every month you know so they could always decide not to um not to have add a month if they hire someone full-time or you know there could be lots of reasons so I do need to ramp up my pitching. Um, and also I need to not do so much social media because one thing I found, um, <laughs> uh, I feel is, yeah, I, I mean, it's fine. I, I like it, but it, it's no, I, why did I say I like it? I don't like it, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine though. Um, it's just different, right? It's not, um, like there is strategy, but it's a little less like uh, sometimes you don't lead with the benefit. It's more important to have like a voice or sometimes, right. Like, and um, I, I like the, sh- the strategy behind it. So I, I like writing social media ads, right. I like writing Facebook ads. It's a little different. Um, but like what happened early on, right. So now it's going back to 2019, early 2020, when I first started pitching is I um, was getting clients that were like, they kind of expected me to be a social media manager, mm-hmm. <laughs> which meant like, mm-hmm. uh, like I pitched them as a copywriter. And then because I was such a young copywriter, I was like, yeah, sure. I do that. But then it's anything. like, yeah, 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 exactly. And so then I, I find myself like the client's like, oh, can you respond to this person's comment on Instagram? And I'm like, oh, like, that's not, that's really not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, 
So it was good to learn that and to learn the difference between like when they're looking for a social media, they might say they're looking for a copywriter, but really what they want is like social media manager, which is, is to be honest, like usually less hourly, right? Like it's, they're not going to pay you as much as you Mm -hmm. want. And, and also it's, can you check in three to five times a day on our comments? Right. And it's just, yeah. 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 So I found myself taking those kinds of jobs. So it's, it's, it's cool to like be at the point where I, I know what kind of jobs I want and what kind I don't. And I can be like, no, I don't do that actually. Mm-hmm. Like that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's <laughs> so, so many yeah. people out there who are looking for actual copywriters mm-hmm. that you yes. don't take. And you were a newer copywriter. And I definitely mm-hmm. understand that. Like Been I'll there. take whatever is offered to me. Yeah. Um, but even when you're a newer copywriter, there, there were, there are plenty of other people who are looking for, you know, and that's the thing is that clients are not, clients are not as savvy as, as we are about the differences. And like you were saying, they were advertising for a copywriter, but they really, they really wanted was a social media manager. Or sometimes too, you'll see people who are advertising for a copywriter because they've heard that word, but what they really yeah. want is like a blog post writer, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And that's the two yeah. are, there can be some overlap, but they're, they're two different things. And it's that same problem, right? Content versus copy mm-hmm. content. It, it can be fun. It's not my jam, but it's, it can be a lot of fun, but it's, there's so much less strategy. So it's paid so much less. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I agree. I think the, the strategy and the creativity that's inherent in copywriting is just so much more interesting, keeps your attention better. And I find it that I have a different kind of pride when I finish a copy project and I do it well versus a content, which is the, you know, a blog that I, I don't mean to do this, even though I literally did just <laughs> fling my hand away. Um, that's It's still valuable work, but for me, it's not something I enjoy. But speaking of pride in work that we've done, um, you have your copy all, all up over Boston right now, right? It's my favorite project I've ever done. Well, partially because it like, it got me out. Um, so like, it's, it's, it's stickers on the sidewalk. They're on the sidewalk. If you go to Boston right now, uh, you'll see my copy on the sidewalks. And there are also, um, I didn't post this in the group, but there are digital ads and banners. So like, you know, like, like uh, the ones that are on the corners of buildings, like two screens, yeah. my copy is on the corner of a building. That's so um, cool. I have you gone out and can, have you driven up there to like see it in person? Oh, you should take a road you trip. Yeah. Maybe like. I know. I know. It's going to be up there all through the holidays. I got to get up before like people walk too much on the stickers and tear. Yes. <laughs> you just stand, stand next to the sticker be like, no, 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 Looks no. Around it. <laughs> the cones, yeah. Do you um, know how much effort went into that? Stick? Are you reading this? <laughs> yes, well, yeah. I, write that. <laughs> <laughs> I can offer interviews. I'll sit there. I'll put up a table. I'll be like, talk to me about my coffee. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm so excited about it. It is definitely the so most cool. exciting thing I've worked on. And, and this is a client where like, I, I do do it's through the agency, right? So mm-hmm. I do do a lot of social for them. And this was like a one-off, like they're doing this thing. And I was like, I want to do it. Like, I want that in my portfolio. I want to do that thing. Like, can I, um, they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, I got to do a bunch of stuff. So I did the sidewalk stickers. I did those digital banners. I did a landing page, right? So it all kind of comes together. Mm, um, it's a full campaign. Ooh. It's a full campaign. And, and it took, uh, like, the stickers that are there now are not what I wrote with my first draft. <laughs> like, those are not my first draft. So I think that that's important for people to know yeah. is, like, the client, the, my first draft, the client was like, 
oh, no, <laughs> this isn't working. And it wasn't even my client that said that. It was um, like their partner. So like they're working also with like, so it's happening at like the current in Boston, right? So mm-hmm. it's this, this particular pop-up shop thing. And, and there's, I, I don't even really know them that well, but there's like a, a partner they're working with for that's, they're in charge of like the space. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ah, actually that, I don't think that that works. So um, a few stakeholders. So that was like, there were a couple rounds, but I really love what's up there now. It's like super simple. And I think intriguing, <laughs> get people to go to a webpage. Yeah. yeah. I love, do you mind sharing more about like that? Cause I think that feeling, a lot of people think, Ooh, the, the, it, this isn't it at all. And to go back to then the drawing board, but I love hearing you say that it's in like a better place or you feel like, you know, it came out, it came to a better final product. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you do to work through that? It'd be like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board or. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was really helpful because it was my first time doing something like this. So like the, the feedback, the people who gave the feedback, right. Because they're not my client. They're the ones in charge of the space. They've done these stickers before because mm-hmm. my client hasn't done them either. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they're a digital platform. So um they were like, you know, here are examples of ones that have worked really well in the past because mm-hmm. uh, they've had other companies like do these stickers in this space, right? Mm-hmm. So they were able to show me examples. And um, uh, I, I was, my first draft was approaching it um, probably as my client wanted to, which is like really putting all the info <laughs> in, right? Like um, when the sticker, you know, like what they said is it, it works better if it's like, uh, how can I put like the, the a tickle of a thought, you know, it's like, mm, yeah. uh, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like what's going to make someone go to a website when they see it in the real world? Like they can't mm-hmm. actually click a button, right? They mm-hmm. can't literally click to go there. Like mm-hmm. what will make them type a URL into their phone? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really helpful. And um, it's, it's way better than it, than my first draft. So, yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think it's yeah. helpful for people to hear that because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it can be, you, you can feel that a lot of like, Oh, I, I'm terrible at copywriting, especially the first time it happens that you get feedback and you're like, Oh, is this not the career for me? But remembering yeah. that it's a cl- collaborative process and mm-hmm. that it comes to a better place in the end. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh. And I, I mean, I still got that feeling. Like I still had that thought of like, yeah. ah, I yeah. suck. But like, it's not true. I, I like, it's not true. I don't suck at copywriting. And um, like, you just kind of have to be like, yeah, it's okay that I thought that, but, but it, it's not true. And I'll just try again. Yeah. There are so many projects. I They're so different from my first draft. They end up being so different. Yeah. But Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a collaboration. Yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. there's going to be stuff in your client's head that they're not going to know to tell you in the initial call, or that's not going to yeah. hurt them, or like this partner who was were they even involved in any of the kickoff? No, yeah. So yeah. it was so my like, first interaction no way, with them. Yeah. Was that, yeah was in the feedback round. So there's yes. no way that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and I love to hear you say too, that, that you had that moment of mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I'm a fan. because I think that <laughs> everybody who feels that first of all, everyone feels it, right? Everybody yeah, yeah. feels it. I still do it with a new client. <laughs> yeah. like, like when you, we put something through, you're like, I think that's good. And they come back and they're like, nah, it's really not it. And you're like, Oh my God. But it's, it's, yeah. it, it can be a, just a temporary thought. And if you recognize oh, yeah. that it's like, oh yeah, all right, this this came up again, let it go. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be something that defines you. It doesn't have to be something that you perseverate on. 
it's, it's just a, Oh, yep. That's my brain. I knew that was going to happen. As soon as I got feedback that wasn't positive, my brain was going to pop up. And I love that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's it's so important. It's part of the, it's part of the job so much. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a, don't believe everything you think just because it's, just because it pops up in your brain doesn't mean that it's real. Doesn't mean that it's valid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not bad that you had the thought. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the one that gets me through is like, yeah, it's okay. I felt bad for a minute. <laughs> That's natural. Of course, human. Did, yeah, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. As long as like, yeah, yeah, I work because I think my account management experience has helped a lot with, with that. Um, like, well, I mean, it's important as a freelancer to like have that account management experience. Like I'm not like speaking for a team. I'm speaking for myself now, but um, it helps. It like separates me from, the work a little bit like mm-hmm. I can be the account manager when I'm talking and take the feedback and then be the copywriter with my headphones on at the computer going uh-huh. back so mm-hmm. I think that helps that help, it helps me separate yeah yeah I'm gonna try I'm gonna try that I like that <laughs> I'm this role yeah. now and now I'm this role I like that yeah well it's it's you know it's one thing to say you, you can't be married to your work you can't be emotionally mm-hmm. invested in it yeah. yeah like in theory you cannot be married to your work not be emotionally invested in it but I like that I agree I think that's a, a great point from the other side looking at it from so what advice would you give putting on your your account manager hat for a second what advice would you mm-hmm. give to to copywriters Maybe that's too broad. It's probably a little too broad, but whatever. <laughs> well, well, I think there are like many steps, right? Like there's like advice for kickoff to put on your account manager hat is like stick to the brief. Like don't, don't let them skip it. Don't let mm-hmm. them skip the brief. I've made that mistake. Um, I don't make that mistake anymore. I still, the brief that you have in the, in the program, that's what I use. And also mm-hmm. just, this is a little bit of a tangent, but um the even the agency like they don't always know to how to get me all the info I need (laughs) so like I have to be like no get these answers to these questions Mm -hmm. or bring me or bring me on the call like which is fine they do they do that sometimes um or I've asked to talk to their client you know in addition to them talk so they'll come and they'll give me like a two sentences like this is the project I'm like oh but who's the audience (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know anything um so yeah, so that a little tangent, but it's it's good to know that sometimes sometimes you feel like when you're behind an agency, they know what to ask for and you should just trust they'll get you all mm-hmm. the info, but they, they don't always know. And it's fine that they don't. And it's just be like, it's fine, you don't know. I know. Let me help you get the right information. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that that's part of what I'd recommend. But also in the in the feedback part of it from my account manager side, I don't know. When I was an account manager, I felt like part of my role was um like taking all of any sort of bad energy and like making sure it didn't get passed on to the creatives, mm-hmm. like any sort of anger from the clients mm-hmm. if things weren't going well, or mm-hmm. like part of my job was absorbing that and not passing it on, which maybe is not healthy and it wasn't a good way to look at it, but no, but uh, you probably loved yes. you. Yeah. Bless you. You wonderful uh, woman. I was going to say, well, you're probably a fantastic at what you did. I'm sad it burned you out, but probably because cool, you're so good at it. Burned me out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a little bit harder to do that when you are both of them. Sure. But I think you can kind of take something from that of like, uh, you can just, I don't know, I guess it boils down to don't, you don't have to take it personally, which is so hard, but you really don't like the, 
when I was an account manager, I would also always tell myself if I had an angry client, I'd be like, well, their boss is probably being mean to them. Um, yep. It has to stop somewhere. I don't need to be mean to my creative team to mm-hmm. make them do the work. So, uh, well, yeah. But that, that is valid, right? The, 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 as a copywriter, if you have, and I don't think it happens all that often that you literally get on a call with an angry client. Um, yeah. I think that happens a little bit more. Unfortunately, I think account managers get that a little bit more than creators yeah, do. Yeah. But, um, but it's, you, you don't have to pass that along to your creative team. Even when you're one person, you can hear it <laughs> yes. and go, yep, I heard that. Someone's messing around with them. I don't need to repeat that to myself. Whatever mm-hmm. anger that is coming in or whatever, frustration or whatever is going on in their life, I don't have to take that in and then say those words back to myself or let the, yeah. let them ring in my head all day long. I can go, all right, there's something going on with them. Let me just focus on what I do best, focus on putting out great copy. Yeah. Well, I think I've heard you say this before is that like, it's part, it's, it's part of it, right? Like you budget for revisions and part of that's because like, and also, I want to clarify that I, I've rarely had an angry yes, client. Agreed, right? yes. It is, it is as, as a freelance copywriter, I don't think I've had any. It's it's only when I was an account manager and they knew that I wasn't the person actually being creative, right? Like they they knew that. So Which is so like gross. Me. Yeah, it's like, ooh, right? but it's so yeah, weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you sometimes like you write the first draft and they're like, oh, I didn't know I didn't want that. But now I know I don't want that. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. no, fine, great. I'm glad we figured that out. Like, yeah. that's why I budgeted for revisions and it's not a big deal. It's part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so I think that's helpful too, just recognizing that there is going to be at least one round of mm-hmm. revisions and there's mm-hmm. no, no, nobody has done anything wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's about, it's about polishing. You put out something great. Yeah. Now we're, the clients are going to put your hands on it and you're put, and it's you're just polishing it to make it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, Nicole, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, um, thank you so much. It's So first of all, if anybody is listening, they're like, oh, she's, I love the way she operates. I would love her to write copy for me. How can people find you? Uh, I have a portfolio website. It's NicoleCoffee.com. I'm going to try to update it before this airs because it's a little behind, but yes, <laughs> <Good time. laughs> NicoleCoffee.com. NicoleCoffee.com. Love it. Um, yes. And then just, if someone is listening to this and they, maybe they just found the podcast and, and they're just kind of considering getting into, to copywriting, what, uh, what piece of advice would you give them or what would you ask them to consider? I think so at the beginning, it, it can feel so overwhelming. Like there's so many things you need to do. And I think it's, just do one thing at a time is my advice. Like one thing at a time. It actually won't take as long as you think it will. I know a lot of CCA students start landing clients relatively quickly, right? Like just a couple of months. And I think it happens. It happened to me. I, I know it's happened to other people um, I see in the group. I'm always surprised. I'm always like, wow, they just started like last month. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I think just one step at a time. You know, there's this quote by E.L. Doctorow. I, I don't know if you heard, but it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can, uh, if you're driving at night, right? You're driving at night. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can get the whole way that way. I love that. <laughs> I love that yeah. quote. Uh, I think yeah. that's good advice for getting started in copywriting. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, Nicole, thank you. This has been fantastic. I really love this idea of having a separate copywriting hat and a separate account manager hat because we we have to perform that role. Even we don't have a background and it was still performing that role, especially as a freelancer. And I love the idea of, of separating those two. Um, and I would really encourage all of our, our viewers or listeners to, to try, try those hats on and see how they go. Um, and of course, let us know, connect with us, let us know. Um, and, and let us know if it's made a difference for you. And of course we will catch you all in the next episode. Bye everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the build your copywriting business podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it. If you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review, I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time. Oh, 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 oh,